You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. We are back for another On This Day in Packers History. Today is going to be, it's kind of a, touching on a lot of different things, um, you know, talking about the past draft and, you know, why it's okay that we didn't get Derwin and all that kind of stuff. But I think the, the most important and interesting part of the episode is sort of a, a positive look, and I'm surprised how positive I was even at this point in the year. But really just kind of looking at, and, and again, my positive attitude was about the future. And again, I'm proud of it because it turns out I was right. But essentially, it was kind of just a breakdown of let's look at the most important pieces that, that you have on a football team and let's analyze the Packers roster. And um, we're in a pretty good position here. So, you know, even just kind of analyzing it from that standpoint and looking at, look, I think we're close. Some things have to happen, but, you know, it's it's we're close. And turns out I was correct, so... Anyways, that is one interesting aspect of this episode, and again, there's a lot of content to look at, so hope you all enjoy it. We'll take a break, and we'll get into it. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I think today's going to be a little grab baggy day. We've been very specific on very specific things, and I have not really done any just what's in the news and what are my thoughts on the news and things like that. So I want to touch on a couple newsy things and then uh, just talk about some other random stuff because I had some other thoughts, and uh, I'm going to do my best to not make this a theme today to just touch on little things. See if I can handle that. See if I can handle talking about more than one thing. So, wish me luck! As always, I would appreciate it if you get it in the Facebook group. A lot of really good guys in there. Not that ladies aren't allowed in there. Just telling you what it is, as I'm aware. Also understand that my listenership... You know what? As I've said, play into the demographics, people, alright? I'm sorry can't help it that 99% of the people listening to my podcast are dudes. 97% of the people that watch my YouTube videos are dudes. 100% of the 600 people in my fantasy football group are dudes. It's not my fault, man. Tell your wife to join the group. Crying to me for. Oh, she doesn't want to? Exactly. Moving on. Anyways, Green Bay Packer time. So, first of all, there was a bit of uh, roster shuffling. I had mentioned that Gutekunst doesn't seem to want to help the roster very much, and I'm not sure this changes a whole lot because things are just beyond desperate, but we did pick up a safety. Uh, we dropped Mr. Corey Toomer. It's kind of unfortunate we didn't get a little bit more out of him. I was kind of excited about Corey Toomer, uh, just looking at pro football focus. He was graded as very good for the Chargers last year. 
Um, not a, not actually that much of a small sample size either. 266 total snaps. Um, he, he was pretty solid, man. He, he did pretty well in coverage, run defense, even pass rush he did all right. He had one batted pass, one hit, one sack, and only nine pass rush attempts. So, I mean, the guy had some talent. However, he's 30 years old, and apparently we picked him up right at the end of the line. I mean, the, the Chargers caught him for a reason. But uh, he did have a little bit of flash on special teams early on, but just that was like in week two and three or whatever, but it's just been downhill ever since. So kind of makes sense that he's the guy that kind of gets the boot. Um, not been having a great year for linebackers. Blake has still got it, but it's mostly his coverage ability. His running uh, run defense ability is not really there. Jake Ryan isn't there, which hurts. Uh, Oren Burks hasn't done much. Morrison hasn't done much. So it's been uh, it's been an issue. But anyways, we have the bodies, and he's not providing any value, so we're moving on. Somewhere we don't have bodies is at uh, safety. So we picked up somebody that is almost the exact same age, 29.9 years old, which is exactly what Corey Toomer was, uh, picked up as a free agent in 2012 by the Houston Texans. He has been a Texan since forever. Uh, Strangely, 2017 was actually his best year, again, according to Pro Football Focus. A little more of a well-rounded year. Uh, You know, kind of mediocre across the board. But uh, just wasn't really bad in anything. He's he's historically pretty terrible at tackling, pretty terrible at run defense, which, to be honest, for a free agent, uh, whatever, whatever signing, I don't really care. I know everybody's upset with HaHa and should be upset with Tremont because he's doing the exact same thing with his garbage tackling, but whatever. Literally running. I wish, why won't these guys, you know why? Because Packers Twitter is a little bit biased like everybody else. Why won't somebody make a clip of all the times Tremont runs away from a tackle? Drives me insane. I love Tremont. I wanted him here last year, and we didn't get him. We got him this year, and I was pumping him up like you guys don't understand. He's good. He's I know he's 900 years old, but he's I love Tremont. I really do. I like his attitude. I, I think he's a very good leader. He's a great locker room guy, very knowledgeable. I'm not trying to trash the guy. I just wish Packer fans would stop being so biased about stuff. The difference between ha-ha and Tremont is that HaHa can cover. That's the only difference. Look at those bad angles. Yeah, I know. He didn't tackle a guy. So what? He's one of 7,000 cornerbacks and safeties that don't tackle well. The other one being Tremont. Anyways, all that to say, I'm not overly worried about tackling and run defense from a 30-year-old, you know, 2012 free agent. If the guy can just replicate 2017, we've got somebody that's decently talented. And fortunately for us, because our safeties are so garbage, um, moderately talented makes him maybe our best safety. Um, he has not really played in 2018. He did play in the preseason. Uh, the New England Patriots picked him up, obviously. He looked great in week one. Weeks two and three, he was kind of mediocre uh, overall, just kind of had a mediocre grade, which is kind of on par for what he does. And again, his run defense tackling and coverage, as much as his coverage might not be as good as it was back in the day, the run defense and tackling was a little more refined. So, I mean, we're going to get what we get, right? I don't think anybody expects him to be a freak. The guy, he had 4.63 speed in, in 2012, so he's like a 5.0 flat guy now. He's only 5'10", 210 pounds. So, I mean, he's a big dude. Um, and, and for the record, he's more of a slot corner slash slot, uh, excuse me, strong safety slash slot corner guy. So he's more of a Josh Jones than a... Um, Tremont, which is a little surprising considering the one thing he seems to be pretty terrible at is, uh, play, you know, tackling people and playing against the run, which is what you need to do if you're roaming close to the line of scrimmage, right? I mean, if you're a corner or a free safety, I'm going to cut you a little bit of slack in that area because it's not your primary responsibility. It's a pretty, pretty strong secondary responsibility. I'll grant you that. But, you know, like if Jair wasn't exactly the most physical guy, but he's locking down every number one, do I really care that much? Eh, not so much. All right? Why can't you shed that block from the wide receiver and go tackle the running back? I don't know, man. Maybe it's the edge rusher's job to seal the edge a little bit more than it's Jair's job to throw a six foot two, 225-pound wide receiver off of him and then go tackle a five foot ten, 230-pound running back who's barreling him at him at full speed. Maybe that's not his, his primary job. I'm just saying, it's his job, but, you know, that isn't really a make or break for me for cornerbacks. I'm just saying. And I've already told you, go start scouting college guys. 
Because if your whole thing is you're a defensive back, you need to be able to tackle well, you're going to hate scouting cornerbacks and safeties. Not all of them, but I would say 90% of cornerbacks are the kind of guys that are like, oh no, I was going to get him. You, oh shoot. I, I figured if I jogged at quarter speed, I would get there before everybody else. That stinks. Oh, you guys got him? All right. They don't want to tackle. They're corners, man. They like to run fast and like, you know, jump up high and swat balls away and look cool. Right? They're, they're not like, it's a completely different mindset. It's like basketball. It's not physical. It's a style thing. It's about being fast and smooth. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, man. I'm a cornerback. Right? They're, they're not Mike Daniels. They're not like, I just want to punch somebody in the mouth and I want, to, I want you to punch me in my mouth. And let's just punch each other in the mouth and see who stays standing. Cornerbacks don't play that game. It's a different game. Anyways, that was a very long, very long rant. Sometimes I think about stuff. As a matter of fact, let's go on a different rant because I forgot that I wanted to mention this, but I did. Because <laughs> it actually, uh, so anyways, we're going we're gonna to leave this here. We got Eddie Pleasant. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him because we're very deficient, but I think he's just a body and I don't think we're going to see him right away, especially since he's a strong safety. He's kind of backing up Josh Jones, so it is what it is. Oh, but let, let me just say this. If he plays in place of Josh Jones, that is horrible. I mean, that, that would just be the ultimate kick in the stomach. I mean, he, he's been getting disrespected since the beginning of the year, right? All year, it's where is Josh Jones? Like, why is Pettin not playing him? Pettin isn't playing around. He doesn't care when he was drafted. He doesn't care about any of that. He's saying, you're not good, you're not playing. If they bring in Eddie Pleasant and he plays in place of Josh Jones, just let's just assume he's not coming back next year. He's getting cut, because that's crazy. A 30-year-old free agent from 2012 who was at the end of his career just replaced our second-round draft pick oh oh that would be bad there better be an injury or something going on but anyways speaking of uh ranting about certain things um i was working on a little thing for the podcast which we're going to talk about next but one thing that really drives me nuts is the nfl vernacular about positions and i mentioned how i do it for nfl big board because it's what makes sense what drives me nuts is how four three centric everybody is Right. In other words, most places, if you're looking for whether it's college, you know, what position do they play in college, or you'll go to NFL.com and they start talking about different position groups. Like, for example, I was looking at most valuable positions, which we'll get into. How do they label the defense? Defensive tackle, defensive end, and then it's Will, Sam, and Mike, the linebackers. Middle linebacker, two outside linebackers. Four, three. First of all, nobody even plays base anymore. Second of all, literally half the league is a 3-4 base. Why are we still stuck on on everybody being 4-3? That that terminology and that vernacular. That that's just why are you doing that? Defensive tackle is one or interior defensive line, however you want to say it. There there's different groups. There's the guy, there's the big boys in the middle that do the pushing. And, and, you know, kind of do the run-stopping and, and push in the pocket. There's those guys. Then there's the guys on the edge. In a 4-3, they're called defensive end. In a 3-4, they're called outside linebackers. Right? And by the way, defensive tackle, that would encompass nose tackles, defensive tackles in a 4-3, and defensive ends in a 3-4. Big guys in the middle. So it's defensive tackle. Then you have edge rushers, who are the guys on the edge. Then you have linebackers. I don't care if they're Mike linebackers, Will linebackers, Sam linebackers, 3-4 inside linebackers. They're linebackers. There's nuance beyond that, but let's not call 3-4 outside linebackers the same as 4-3 outside linebackers and get confused with the term outside linebacker because they're very different depending on if you're talking 4-3 or 3-4. So why don't we just say edge and linebacker? Because Clay Matthews has had... you know. Or, Whatever, Nick Perry has more in common with Daniil Hunter than he does with Blake Martinez. So, outside linebacker is, is just a ridiculous vernacular. Let's Can we please just stop it? It drives me insane. It's 2018. Why can't we just agree on a certain vernacular? And I don't care if it's interior defensive line or defensive tackle or what you want to say, as long as I understand what you're referring to. And we can get into the nuance beyond that. But let's start with a foundation that makes sense. It just 
I'm sorry, it drives me absolutely insane. And NFL.com and all these places, they're all just 4-3 centric. So they say outside linebacker, and as a team that roots for a, a base 3-4 team, I'm thinking, so we're talking about a pass rusher? Oh no, you mean a linebacker, linebacker. I gotcha. Bunch of dummies. I mean, is, is it snobbery? Is it like, this is how we say it in the biz and you need to... No, I don't need to adapt. You're wrong. Say it better. Speak correctly. Drives me insane. Let's go look at defensive ends. Um, do you mean like the big guys like Mike Daniels? Or are we talking pass rushers in a four? What are we talking about? I'm sorry. It just makes me insane. I don't like that. Anyways, the reason that I was looking at that is because I had a thought. And the thought was everything seems very, very negative. But if you look at, for example, list off in your mind right now, who are the top players? Who are the guys that we don't have to replace? Who are the the unstoppables, or the, the, the guys that we don't really need to worry about. Aaron Rodgers, I know there's some trepidation and concern about him, but let's face it, we're not going to replace him, nor should we, despite a couple people saying, let's trade Rodgers for who cares. I don't know. It doesn't matter what they say. Those people don't know what they're talking about. No offense if you're those people, more than willing to listen, but I mean, come on, man. We've got Bakhtiari. We've got Devontae Adams. We've got Aaron Jones. We've got Kenny Clark. We've got Jair, and I would probably leave it there. As far as, like, untouchable, irreplaceable, moving on from them would be ridiculous. Trading them would cause a riot in the street. You know, Mike Daniels you could maybe put in there, but he had a little bit of an off year, so I kind of want to see what happens next year, if it's like a rebound year or if this is like the beginning of a decline. Because he's getting to that age. He's like 30. I mean, fourth-round pick who gets to be 30 years old, who's getting overshadowed by Kenny Clark, you know, whatever. Guys are going to be able to play forever, I'm just saying. The reason I found that interesting is because I had a little bit of a brainstorm, and that was, what are the most important positions in the NFL? And if you make a list, and then you compare it to the list over here of the guys that are irreplaceable, there's a lot of one-to-one comparisons. So, for example, and I I went to NFL.com because... The reason I did it is because I, I found they had a list. And the only reason I wanted to use their list is because what I don't want is for people to message me and go, that's not the right order of most important, because I don't really care. That's not the debate I'm trying to have right now. So I just want to deflect it to NFL.com and let you be mad at them. Because, it again, it's just irrelevant to the conversation. But some people I know, they can't get it out of their head and love to fight and argue about irrelevant things. So be mad at NFL.com. So here, here's the way I'll say it, though. Number one is quarterback. We've got that. And also, it's interesting to compare it to other teams to see, you know, because all I'm trying to do is say, how, how bad of a, a situation are we in? And, and I think that comes down to there's critical pieces you need if you're going to be a contender. The number one critical piece you need is a quarterback. We've got it. The number two piece, and, and, and here's what I'll say. There's three pieces after that that are critical that I think you need that um, I don't really think are, are very arguable. It's just a matter of what order. So there's edge rusher, which we absolutely need and don't have, and that is a critical piece. But again, we're talking about how far off are we from having a legitimate team that can that can go somewhere. So we need that. The other is left tackle. We have the best in the NFL. The other is a true number one cornerback. Again, shuffle those any which way you like, but I don't think it's very debatable. Those are the next three most important pieces you have to have. We have all those except edge rusher. And I believe that will be addressed several times in the draft, maybe if possible in free agency as well. But, you know, depending on how the draft goes, that may not be necessary. Plus, there's not usually a lot of very good edge rushers available. And if they are, the price is going to go through the roof. Like, once they become available, man, oh, man, does that just shoot through the roof. After that, and and, and listen, I, had, I do agree with this. NFL.com has wide receiver as the next, or excuse me, the number one wide receiver on a team as the next most important thing, and I absolutely agree, right? Quarterback is most important. Protecting your quarterback and attacking the quarterback are also very important because of the value of the quarterback. Having a true lockdown corner in a passing league like this, where, where people are throwing up 50 points a game, if you don't have a true lockdown to take away that number one threat, you're not going to compete. However, you should probably have that number one threat as well. So I agree that wide receiver one is the next most valuable thing, and we got it in Devontae. Number six that they have on this list is a defensive tackle. We have Kenny Clark. Number seven on this list, a running back. We have Aaron Jones. 
Number eight on the list, designated pass rusher two. So that would be either an interior pass rusher or an exterior pass rusher. And by the way, I, I actually think rather than edge rusher, I would almost say pass rusher is the most important. For example, if you look at the Rams, they don't really have good edge rushers, but they have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and I don't think they're deficient in that category. So I would say this is at, at number eight, we're talking about number two pass rusher. And you could also almost make the claim that Kenny Clark would be there, but I don't really think so. He's not a good enough pass rusher. Great player, but I, I think, I mean, if you're getting like six, seven, eight sacks a year, and that's like your top end, I, I'm not really calling you an elite edge rusher or pass rusher. So number eight is pass rusher two. We don't have number one yet, so this is obviously our biggest thing. But through eight, we have everything except our pass rushers. If we can address pass rusher multiple times and then have Kyler Fackrell like as number three, which I still feel iffy about that, like it's a flukish thing, but still, he's a number three designated pass rusher to come in in a rotation, specifically on like pass rush situations where it's like, just go get him, or he can have him drop back in coverage because he's pretty stout at that as well. Just don't put him out there on first and 10 or third and one or whatever, because he's not going to do anything for you. But if we can address those two, we not only have the top eight figured out, we have a very, very, very good top eight. I'm not just saying like, yeah, they're, they're okay. Like, number nine is middle linebacker, which, again, 4-3 terminology. For us, it would just be a linebacker. And I know a 3-4, you can have designations, like different linebackers do different things, but Mike Will Sam doesn't really make sense when there's only two guys out there. Kind of like a 4-3, you can technically have a nose tackle, but it's it's still a little bit different. Anyways, I would say that's an area where it's like, we kind of got it, but you know, it's not an irreplaceable lockdown thing. However, if we're saying it's an important piece, and then we say Blake and Jake, and look at it from that perspective, I would say we're in relatively good shape. I don't know if Jake Ryan's coming back. I'm sure there's a lot of Packer fans listening to me rolling their eyes as far back in their head as they can when I say Jake Ryan isn't that bad, because he's not very popular at all. But I would reiterate to you, in 2017, he was actually graded higher than Blake Martinez. Now, granted, it's mostly because he's a really good run stuffer, but I think he's underrated as a as a cover guy, and I think Blake Martinez was overrated as a coverage guy. They're not that disparate as far as who can cover better than the other. Jake Ryan was horrible in his rookie year, and I've, I've called that out before too, where it's like, I specifically remember him running out to cover a wide receiver and saying 100% of the time, this is going to be a pass to Jake Ryan, and it was. Every single time they saw it, they threw it that way, and it was completed. Every single time, he was terrible. But I think people are stuck in that, and they don't realize he really did make a really big third-year leap. And uh, who knows what what fourth year would have been if he wasn't hurt. It's been uh, it's been pretty bad, especially considering stopping the run has been really tough for us this year. It would have been great to have Jake Ryan and uh, Blake, excuse me, Blake Martinez together. So that's an area. It's it's not until nine really that we're kind of getting into that middling kind of. Eh, I'm okay with it. Like, if this is the team we have and these are the players we have, we've got Blake and Jake and then Oren Burks is kind of like the number three upside guy, I would say we're okay there. It's not a it's not a desperate need. However, if we drafted, for example, Devin White in the first round, I'm not really going to be upset about it. Number 10 is tight end. Um, again, that's a little bit iffy. I would assume most people would say, yes, we absolutely need a tight end. And we do, if for no other reason than we've got a bunch of old over-the-hill guys. But is it let's just talk about 2019. Is this like a deficiency? Granted, in 2018 it was, but I don't know if things start to click a little bit with the offense overall. Like We have to assume things get better. If Rodgers doesn't improve, if the wide receivers don't improve, if the tight ends don't improve, we're in trouble anyways. New head coach, new system, you know, we're assuming things kind of get back on track. Do we need someone better than Jimmy Graham or are we kind of okay there because he's he kind of showed flashes I don't know where we're at right now but I know for a while he was on he was on pace for over a thousand yards I think last I heard he was on pace for 800-ish yards and just like Aaron Jones I think he's been somewhat underutilized um but whatever so now now we're kind of getting into the the iffy territory but we're also getting into less and less valuable territory number 11 free safety obviously a massive need but um you know when we talk about safety as much as it's a need and it's unfortunate, I think there's a reason why the team isn't going gung-ho and paying a ton of money because, I mean, it's just, it's not as valuable of a position, comparatively. I mean, they, they whether you agree or disagree, the fact that linebacker and tight end are above safety, 
I don't know if I would rank it that way, but I think it just kind of reflects the overall opinion of safeties. And by the way, this is just free safety. Strong safeties are like way at the bottom. Nobody cares about them. Which also goes to explain, for example, the Derwin James apologists who are very, 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 very upset. And I get it, man. I love me some Derwin. He's awesome. He's playing pretty well. But not only do you have to recognize that, well, Derwin isn't that much better than Jair has been. I haven't even looked at him recently. Let's take a look at what he's been doing this year. Because it's kind of like TJ Watt, where whenever you see a highlight, everybody's like, oh, we got the wrong guy. And then nobody talks about him for four weeks. Well, what did he do for four weeks? Like Everybody looks at a snapshot in time and thinks they know everything about that player. It's amazing. They do that with Packers, too. After three weeks, we see one highlight of one player, and it's like, oh, he's a freak. Did you see that one clip that one time? Come on, man. Let's, let's be a little better than that. So as of right now, um, Derwin James is a little bit higher up than Jair is, which I think is to be a little bit expected. But I think it's also important to remember the value of the position. So for, for the record, both of them are in the very good category. Um, his number one asset is actually pass rush. He's got 15 total pressures on just 46 pass rush attempts. So pretty much whenever they bring him, he's pretty uh, pretty reliable. But he, he's pretty decent across the board. His tackling grade isn't that great. Uh, he's really good in coverage. Uh, he's been pretty stout in run defense. But again, I, I think it's important. And I, I'm just trying to help the Derwin James people out because it, it still bothers me a little bit. But please remember, number one cornerback is infinitely more important than strong safety is. What good would Derwin James be if we didn't have Jair? Really think about that. Let's assume Derwin James is heads and tails better. He's he's the best strong safety in the NFL. Fine. Granted. He's not, but let's just pretend. I think I still take Jair. Like I said, easily either the number two, three, or fourth most important position. Not even debatable. Strong safety is, well, let's see what it is, 18th, 18th most important position according to NFL.com, and and I don't necessarily disagree. But again, think about, let's remove Jair and put in Derwin, and then go back and look at all the people that Jair completely locked down, the number one wide receivers that didn't have big days because of Jair. Now, instead of that, we don't have Jair, those guys go off, and Derwin uh, blitzes once in a while and makes a pretty good tackle against the run. And covers some people pretty good sometimes, because sometimes he plays as a slot corner or whatever. Or maybe we just switch him to free safety and let him roam over the backfield, because he's pretty good at covering that. But we're just going to get carved up, because we don't have a single corner that can cover anybody. We don't have a number one corner to match up with your number one wide receiver. This team would have been getting obliterated. I, 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 stand, by, I, just, I stand by the decision. And I listen, I get it. Derwin is a freak. We had an opportunity, which is a rare opportunity for the Packers, to get a freak of nature. I think Derwin is a freak. I don't think Jair is a freak. I think he's just a very good football player. Derwin James has, is, I mean, he's, he's graded as very good. I think he has the potential to be the best strong safety in the NFL. I, there's no question he has that kind of upside. I still don't really care. Because we had the opportunity to move up and listen, I, I think Derwin was on the list, because if you listen to what um, Gutekunst said, there was a pile of players. They moved back knowing that they can move back up. There's a pile of players they want, and they slowly waited for these guys to fall off. And once they got down to only being like one or two left, they moved up and pulled the trigger. I think if Jair would have gotten picked, we might have moved up and got Derwin. However, Derwin got picked, he fell off, we traded up, we got Jair. For all I know, we had Derwin rated higher. I don't know. But they just wanted to play the odds and say, you know what, we can pick up a first-round draft pick because the Saints just offered us that, and that's crazy, and we're not going to turn it down. So we'll take the first, and we'll move back up if we can and try to uh, try to get whatever, whatever. And that's how that played out. But I- I'm just saying, regardless of what, what could have been or what would have been, I'm still taking Jair. It's a risky pick because if Jair was no good, then we really messed up. But we have to get that number one. And again, that was part of this whole exercise of going through and looking at the critical pieces. And I think Gutekunst realizes the critical pieces, and we're working through it. We've got our quarterback, we've got our left tackle, we've got our number one cornerback. The next like premium position we need to get is that number one edge rusher. Now, listen, if that means doing what I said don't do and packaging a bunch of picks to go up and get Nick Bosa, fine. You know why? Because we not only have those positions, but we are elite in those positions. The only problem I have is then the next most important thing we have to get 
is a second edge rusher, and um, we don't have that. I mean, we could get him in the second round, but I'm, I'm telling you the, the deficiency of talent in the second round, as far as I can tell, and, and as, as is standard from year to year. I mean, when you get excited about edge rushers, usually you're not getting them outside. Because it, it's the same with everybody. Offensive, ta- or not everybody, but quarterbacks, tackles, edge rushers, number one cornerbacks. Everybody in the NFL realizes the value of these. So if you got a guy that's a pretty much guaranteed or, or a very high likelihood of being that true number one elite presence, they're gone in the first round. So it, it's, it's tough to pick up edge rushers that are pretty good in the second round. It just is. Not that it can't happen, but th- there's a bigger drop-off than with other positions, right? You can probably get a pretty decent safety in the second round, or you definitely get some very good guards and centers in the second, third, fourth round. Because for some reason, nobody cares about that. I don't really get why that's so ridiculous. And running back is that way, but I don't even know if that has so much to do with value as it is just, we just don't know how to scout them, maybe? I don't know what that is. But anyways, the whole point of the exercise, I suppose, was to kind of showcase that our record puts us with a pile of teams. However, we don't belong with that pile of teams. You know, we're talking about top 10 in the draft, potentially, which I, I really don't think we're going to be, well, maybe, we could be about 10. I, I, like I said, I don't I don't think we're going to lose out. We're going to beat the Cardinals. I would say we're probably favorites in just about every game, with the exception of the Bears. If we win four out of five, it wouldn't surprise me. So, I, you know, if I had to guess, I would just say we're going to win three or four out of five. We're going to be picking 12-ish, maybe, which is still a pretty good pick. I know that's like worst-case scenario. Like, we're... The guys that want us to get into the playoffs, which everybody does. Let's just be completely... Well, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, either get into the playoffs or tank, but we're obviously going to be right in the middle of that. But anyways, looking at the guys picking in the top 10, we're looking at teams that just don't have those foundational pieces like the Packers do. They don't have an offensive line, like at all. They don't have their left tackle, their right tackle, anything. They don't have a quarterback. You know, the the 49ers are probably going to be picking first. They've got a decent foundation once they get their quarterback back. They have a left tackle, although he's like 900 years old. They've been drafting for edge rusher for a long time. I, I, I would assume one of these guys is eventually going to step up. But they, they still need more pieces than we do. The Cardinals don't have much of anything. The Raiders obviously don't have... They, they had their quarterback, and their <laughs> they had a pretty decent foundation. They traded them all away. They had a quarterback. They had their number one wide receiver. They had their edge rusher, but whatever. The Jets have nothing. The Giants don't have an edge rusher. I don't believe they have a, a left tackle. They don't have a quarterback. The Jaguars, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, just a lot of these teams are just so deficient, and we pretty much have all of it. So it's not as much as we... See, this is why it's confusing, and I, I hate to say things and then the next day say different things, because it's it's clear that there is a talent deficiency, but really the, the foundation of this team is there. So maybe the best strategy, and again, this is just off the cuff, so if you disagree, and by the way, Facebook group is very good about commenting on these things, as long as as well as a few people on Twitter who hit me up and, and message me about stuff, which is awesome because it gives me some material and a lot of food for thought, but maybe the best thing to do is to solidify the last piece, which is a true number one edge rusher. And then from there, try to bring up the level of the talent. Because I think the biggest problem with the offense isn't that we don't have the biggest pieces. It's the fact that the outside of those core pieces, outside of our left tackle and our number one wide receiver and our running back, we don't have a lot. I like Balaga. I, I think Balaga's good. Um, Corey Lindsay's pretty good. We have terrible guards. I think our wide receiver talent outside of Devontae is very deficient. You know, high upside, but just a lot of issues there. So, you know, again, perhaps the best thing to do is to just get that last core piece and then work on raising the talent of everybody else around them. So get that edge rusher right off the bat. Maybe work on getting a, a, a better number two. Let Marquez be the number three, EQ be the number four. And then if we, you know, Kumaro can be number five. I mean, all of a sudden, just that one shift really improves the wide receiver room. You know, M- MVS playing as a, a number um my number three kind of inspires me and gives me a little bit more confidence than trying to say, let's let him be the number two. That kind of worries me a little bit. Let's upgrade these guards so we get a little bit more of a, a run game and can protect Aaron Rodgers a little bit longer, give him more confidence in the pocket. 
On defense, again, I wouldn't be too upset if we went with another cornerback just to add some competition. It maybe maybe we shouldn't do early because we've gone early so many times at cornerback. But you know, now we'll look at cornerback at starting to do fourth, fifth, sixth round. Maybe we should just flip it on its head outside of edge rusher. Start drafting offense early, start drafting defense a little later, because our defense is just stacked with early round talent everywhere. At least it used to be, I guess. It's not as much anymore. But I think we've got a good foundation on defense. We just need to start supplementing it. And our offense is what really needs some upgrades because we're we're dealing with a lot of late round and free agent guys. Right, Bakhtiari is a fourth-round draft pick. We got lucky with that one. Lane Taylor, the guy was undrafted. Corey Lindsley, fifth-round pick. Justin McCray, undrafted. Balaga was a first-round, so we got that, but he's on his way out. And by the way, I, I've been kind of iffy about what to do with him, but because I was talking yesterday a little bit about drafting Jonah Williams and what are we going to do, and, and we've got him for one more year. If we got Jonah Williams, it would give us the opportunity to move on from Balaga. And I looked at his contract yesterday. We could free up over $6 million from moving on from him. Um, Most of his contract is in his base salary. There aren't a lot of guarantees left in his contract. He's he's used up. um, He's pretty much eaten it all up. So there's a couple couple dollars left on uh, as far as dead money, but not very much at all. It would not dissuade them from moving on. And in a year when maybe we want to make a push and sign some people, uh, $6 million would not be that shocking. So if Jonah Williams is there, I wouldn't be too surprised. Gives us the opportunity to solidify and continue to solidify that very important position, especially considering, again, if we don't fix that and Balaga's gone after 2019, what in the world are we going to do? Kind of getting dire there. So as much as 2019, you're maybe looking at it going, eh, we still got Balaga another year. Um, we're headed toward disaster. So that that definitely is an opportunity. But again, he's one of the only ones we got, right? Our running backs, our middle-round guys, our wide receivers outside of Devontae, who's a second-round guy, are late-round wide receivers. Cobb was early-ish, but he's leaving. Jimmy Graham was a pretty high draft pick, but uh, he's 400 years old. So... That, that's, sort of, that's sort of my thought. We need an edge rusher. It's the most important thing we need. Outside of that, we need to elevate the talent of our offense and then try to supplement our defense with maybe some mid to late round picks. Because I'm just, as much as we have needs, I, I really think at some point we got to start feeding this offense. We can't just keep doing defense, 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 and then wait till the fifth round to get a couple scrubs and hope that they can elevate their play or that Aaron Rodgers can elevate their play with his amazing talent. Those days are over. I don't know if those days ever even existed. Everybody, even the great and powerful Aaron Rodgers, needs talent to play with. And the the fact that every week when he does a press conference, he's talking about how he needs to get the ball more to Devontae, that should tell us something. Because as fans, we're looking at him going, dude, check the ball down. Why don't you throw to Marquez? Why don't you throw to EQ? Like, that's our biggest critique. And then he goes up to the podium and we're waiting for him to go, yeah, I, I missed those check downs. And he's like, you know what we need? Need more, need more Devonte, man. We need more deep shots. He did it again, just uh, yesterday in the locker room press conference. Right, the some reporter or whatever was talking to him said something to the effect of, uh, you know, with your back against the wall, you're gonna take some more chances. And he was kind of being flipping about it and joking or whatever. But again, he circled back to, you know, what we need? We need more big plays. It's like, no, no, you don't. You need to stop with the big plays. I mean, listen, the Packers just do not agree with us. Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, who, as I've said, as much as whether they get along or not, they are the same guy. They are a married couple. They started to think alike. These guys look at the film and they look at everything and they go, you know what we need? Need to call more deep shots, man. And he said it in the press conference all year. Fans have been saying less deep shots, less, you know, go routes, especially on third and short situations. Let's run the ball. Let's run screens. You know, check your check down. You know, slants, crossing routes, simple stuff. Get the ball out quick, and let's just slowly work our way down the field. Because when we do that, it seems to work. Looks good. But they're, they're going, quote-unquote, by the numbers. And I don't know what numbers the Packers have, but I hate their numbers. Whatever actuary they have crunching numbers needs to not just get fired, but needs to go out into a field and have 24 Packers fans just kick him until until he stops twitching. I mean, you know, 
he falls asleep, and then we wake him up and, and, and uh, take him to Taco Bell. But I'm just saying, the numbers they have are horrible. Every time he says, well, I was just playing the numbers, I don't know what numbers you're looking at, dude. And they've got some kind of numbers that are communicating to McCarthy and Rogers that what's deficient is the big plays. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. Please stop it. Please stop it. And I hope if and when we get a new head coach, they not only recognize that that's not what we're deficient in, but are able to communicate to Rodgers, who seems to be stuck on this one thing, oh, i got to hit Devontae. All he does all day is throw to Devontae and try to throw the ball deep with guys open two yards down the field who could get first downs. And then after that game where he just does nothing but try, I mean, it's like, I feel like I'm watching a kid play Madden all year long. I really do. Like, nothing makes any sense. It's like me when I played Madden as a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, oh, this is a cool play. Third and two. Oh, this one works all the time. I'm calling calling a deep play. Why? Because I don't know what I'm doing, man. I'm an eight-year-old kid playing Madden. I'm just flipping through. The clock's running down like, oh, I don't know, X. And then I have to, like, you know, push that one button that shows you what the play is because I don't remember. I just pushed a button. That's what it's like. Nothing makes sense. Why are you doing what you're doing? And all he does is he drops back, and I, you know, again, talking about Madden. Like, there's that one guy I want to throw to. I, I can't, you know, I got people pressuring me. I can't look at all these receivers at the same time. I'm just going to watch that one guy and hope he gets open. And if he's not, I, as soon as somebody gets close to me, I'm just going to hit a button. I don't know what to do. That's exactly what it looks like. Like, ugh, X! Because that's just where my thumb's resting, and I pushed a button. And it gets intercepted. Why? Because I just panicked. I don't know. Somebody's running at me. What am I supposed to do? I don't play very often, all right? It's a, it's a panic reaction. Just start smacking the buttons. Just hit all four at the same time and see what happens. So anyways, I, I don't know how we got here. The point is, again, I think the pieces are there. I think a lot of the issue is the fact that the offense just doesn't make sense. Um, Rodgers and McCarthy are just stuck on, on um, what's a nice word? They're, they're not thinking clearly. I'll leave it at that. Just nothing really makes sense. But as I've said several times this year, there's reason for optimism. And not just as I've said in a general sense before, because we have good players, but the quality we have lines up very closely with um, you know, the, the, the key building blocks of a team. We, we have the foundation. A lot of teams don't even have the foundation. So automatically in 2019, we start in the middle. And the fact of the matter is what's, what's upsetting but also encouraging is this is a team that's underperforming. I, I don't really care about the excuses. I, I agree the lack of talent and awareness of our other wide receivers has caused problems. I don't agree that every team in that situation plays as poorly as we do. I put that on McCarthy. I put that on Rodgers, the people that are actually making decisions, to not mitigate those problems by making smarter decisions. Let's simplify things for the young guys, right? Let's let's scheme Devontae open more. Let's you know, Whatever. There's ways to get around this. But again, they're stuck on... The fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like, I'll use the word again, snobbery. Refusing to simplify, because we are the Packers. I am Aaron Rodgers. I don't need to simplify. I think Aaron Rodgers is buying into his own hype too much. I, ca- I can do everything. I've, have, you, have you heard my fans? I put this team on my back, son. I drag this team every year. It's me that does it. I don't have any help. I never had any help. Which isn't true. I'm just saying it's like he's buying into that nonsense. Nobody ever helped me. It wasn't my wide receivers. It wasn't this great offensive line I had. That had nothing to do with our success in the past. I just drugged this whole garbage team. I got another garbage team. I'm going to drag them again. No, you're not, man. McCarthy needs to call better plays. Aaron Rodgers needs to wake up a little bit and realize the situation is different. And he refuses. No, I I know the problem. What is it? You got to call deep shots more. Just got to go deep. Big plays, baby. Because I, I looked at the numbers, and back when we were good, a lot of deep plays. I looked at the numbers when we were bad, not a lot of deep plays. So that means need more deep plays. Big ones. Need, need the big ones. 30 yards, son. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> I, I don't like to think that somebody as, as intelligent and somebody who's been immersed in football as long as Aaron Rodgers actually thinks that way but you just kind of wonder, right? I mean, maybe he's, it's, it's that, 
I don't want to use the word for a third time, but the, the snobbery of it. Like, you don't know the situation. I, I see the numbers. I, I see the film. And it's, it's broke down by the, the most intelligent minds, and the numbers are crunched. By the way, you sit over there with your pro football focus and your dumb little Twitter account and all this, and you think you know everything. I got the real data right over here. I know the facts. Sometimes it's just simple, man. Sometimes stuff is just simple. Sometimes we overanalyze everything. We get too focused on the numbers. The numbers say we need more of this. Yeah, but your roster says you can't. You can't do it. So stop trying to do it. You can do it once in a while, and you have done it once in a while. You don't need more, though. You need less. So again, all the optimism in the world, but it's contingent on Aaron Rodgers. Just stop it. right? New head coach who stops feeding these nonsense numbers to Aaron Rodgers and stops calling up deep shots because he's him and Rodgers are both like, dude, we got to go deep. We haven't done it in like four plays. Yeah, what are you calling run plays for? I don't know, man. I'm freaking out over here. Everybody yells at me because we only run four times a game. I figured I'd give him five this week. We'll knock it off. I'm sorry. You want to go deep? Yeah, let's go deep. All right, let's go deep. What's the down and distance? You shut your mouth. All right, fine. Like it, that's just That's what I picture in my mind. And then after a game of going deep, and under-throwing the football, and guys aren't open, and guys run the wrong way on all these complex routes and all this different stuff, and everybody's talking about, hey, he missed more checkdowns. Why doesn't he throw to the checkdown? Why don't we simplify the offense? Why don't we just get the ball out quicker? We did it early on in the game, and it worked, and then they stopped doing it, and they started going deep, and it didn't work anymore. They go to the podium and go, you know what the problem was? Eh, go, didn't go deep enough. Didn't throw enough to Devontae. I think we'll run the ball too much. I think we're, we're going, you know, not, not deep enough, and uh, we're not throwing to Devontae enough. We need to stop running the football. That's the problem. That's what the numbers say. I, I don't know. That's the problem with numbers and statistics. They lie. You can literally make them say whatever you want. That's uh, why I'm such a skeptic about everything. I mean, there, there's a million different stats out there, and it's just, whenever it's numbers, it's like, eh. Because there's so many variables. I mean, just even outside of football, there's so many variables. Anytime you see something that's simplistic with just numbers, where it's like, if you take this and divide it by this, this, and that's this is reality. It's like, do you know how many variables are involved in that? Like on a national scale, they start showing you numbers. Like, here's a crisis because this divided by this. It's like, dude, this is... No. No. No, man. I mean, I... I'm hoping you realize whenever they say scientists say you just shut off your TV. Have, did you not grow up with the same television set that I did? The ones that said eggs cause cancer, but then eggs will also help you not have cancer, and then wine is going to kill you, but then wine makes you healthy, and coffee is going to kill you, but coffee makes you healthy. And by the way, there's 7,000 different ways the earth is going to kill you. There's a hole in the ozone, there's smog, there's acid rain, there's overpopulation. None of these things actually end up killing you, and everything's fine. But, I mean, hey, numbers and science, man, sometimes stuff is just simple. And we got to just stop listening to the numbers and realize everything's fine. Let's just keep it simple, okay? I know, I know. You're brilliant. You're an insider. You understand everything. And you ran the numbers, and that's what the numbers say. I don't care. I, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Because I watched you on Sunday. I saw what worked. I saw what didn't work. You stopped doing what worked. And you kept doing more of what didn't work, and now we're in a bit of a predicament here. I, I, I can't figure out if this is a positive or negative podcast. The, the goal was to be positive. I just I can't get away from the variable, variables, though. It's good, but then you have to consider the fact that maybe things won't be good. Everything, everything we need, we have. Right? We get an edge rusher, we get a couple little pieces here. Everything should be fine. It's just contingent on. I, I, I really think. I, th I just think a better head coach. Let's just put it that way. I'm, I'm going to take it off of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to say a better head coach is going to come in. And what we need is someone to recognize the talent we have and utilize the talent appropriately. We have one really good wide receiver. We have one really good running back. We have three good offensive linemen, two bad offensive linemen. We have two very young. Um, very, very athletic wide receivers, but the mental part of the game is a little bit off, right? Take all these things into account and build around what we have. The problem is we have Mike McCarthy, and him and Philbin sat down and built a brilliant scheme and a brilliant plan without ever even considering the talent they have. It's just about the scheme and the plan within itself. And then the players are just supposed to execute it. Like, look what I built is the most brilliant thing in the world. 
It has it, it, it has no reflection or bearing on the actual team whatsoever. It's it's just that's what we need. And I'm 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 really just going to put I understand it's more nuanced. I understand Aaron Rodgers plays a role. I understand the players play a role. But I think the biggest piece is going to be a new head coach. I, I think new head coach who can do what I just said, but also has the ability to communicate with Rodgers because he's the second biggest piece. And if he doesn't buy in, we're in trouble. Right, his first order of business is to go hang out with Aaron Rodgers and Danica and just be like best friends. Just be, I, I, I don't know how you do it. Seems like a pretty secluded guy. Maybe he doesn't want to be around you. Find out what he does want and do it a lot. Just just suck up to him because you know what? We're paying him a lot of money. We're going to be play, paying him a lot of money for a long time. We need him to play well. Outside of that, so, so Packers priority, new head coach. F- head coach forms a relationship with Rodgers and gets him to buy in to this system that isn't just let's take deep shots, right, which could be kind of tough. Number three is an edge rusher, a really good one. Number four, maybe another another edge rusher, maybe a second one. Number five, let's upgrade the offense, right? Get a better wide receiver, work on the guards. After that, I just don't care, man. Yeah, we, we could upgrade linebacker, we could do safety, we could do all kinds of cool stuff, but we're never going to have a perfect team. There's not enough draft picks, there's not enough uh, cap space to go out and sign everybody. It's not going to be perfect. Let's just get the important stuff figured out and just roll the dice, man. Let's see what happens. Upgrade the offensive line, get them some better weapons to play with. I'm talking about tight end and wide receiver. Get a new head coach, get an edge rusher, and let's just go get them. Outside of that, we've got a few other pieces. We've got uh, hopefully some second and third year guys taking a leap. We'll try to stay healthy. We'll make a run. It's the best we can do. Anyways, like I said, grab baggy day, which really just means rant and, uh, and talk about whatever pops into my head day. Uh, tomorrow we're going to start to get focused. Tomorrow is going to be, um, we, we're going to shift our focus to the Cardinals, really start to analyze them. So tomorrow is going to be breaking down the Cardinals. Um, traditionally that means Saturday is going to be game plan Saturday. I know we broke from that mold last week. I don't know if we're going to do that again. And then Sunday will be picks and possibly a second podcast, although I haven't done a second one in a while. But um, either way, expect this to be um, Sunday-centric from now on. We're going to be focusing on the upcoming game. Otherwise, you folks, enjoy your Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.